It's time for Always Learning with our friends from Barry and Risa, and we have Superintendent Eric Hopstock joining us as always. Eric, how are you? Very good, Jenny. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, excited to, to have this chat, as I am every week. We're always learning about the, the different things and different aspects of not only the stuff you guys do at Barry and Risa, but also how you kind of help area districts with all types of different things. And we've got an interesting topic today, right? Absolutely. Uh, as most things with education, there's always something bubbling on the back burner. And uh, one of those things is artificial intelligence. And this is not too dissimilar back when we started having calculators and, oh my gosh, you can't be using calculators. And now they're just part of business in yeah. uh, how we do things. But uh, this is really an important topic. Uh Technology continues to evolve. <clears throat> it continues to influence the educational process. So we have with us John Phillips, our technology and innovation consultant here at uh, Barry and Risa. Uh, John is one of our technology consultants that works heavily with our districts. And uh, John and I have had conversations, but he's here to have conversations with the broader mm -hmm. community. So glad to have you, John. Yeah. Well, thanks for the invite. The the ever changing world of of technology, and like as you mentioned about calculators, you know, even at one point they said you're never you got to do this mental math. You're never going to have a calculator in your pocket, and of course we do on our phones. <laughs> uh, but John, let's talk a little bit about it. In a nutshell, what is AI? So the idea there, Johnny. First off, I keep my calculator on my wrist. Thank you. Oh, smart there you go. Um, right. Yeah, it works a lot quicker that way, and sometimes I don't even have to type them in because that actually feeds this conversation today. Um, so artificial intelligence, by definition, is the idea that a machine can intervene for itself to fix an error and learn how to do something different the next time. Okay. So what is uh, then what is uh, ChatGPT? There's 3.5 and, and 4.0. I, I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So as Eric and I love to talk about, the only thing guaranteed to change in technology is technology. Um, about the time you think you're comfortable with the latest version of something, it's going to upgrade. And as we talk today, Johnny, who knows tomorrow they might have 4.5 or 5. You know, it, yeah. it, they're always constantly evolving in the background, but it works on the same idea that it's searching, it's ingesting a ton of information and trying to figure out how it can regurgitate it in a conversational way and put it in a format that feels comfortable for humans. Yeah, and I'm sure as educators uh, and even as students, uh, they're, they're ever-changing and learning uh, about all of this stuff. And even us as regular humans in daily life, we're, we're noticing and seeing a lot of this AI and chat GPT popping up just about everywhere. So how are schools using AI? So that's an interesting one. There, there's two ways that this is happening. One is they're having a small panic attack because, oh my gosh, AI. But reality is AI has been around in our educational system for quite some time. Um, hard for people to believe, but in 1955, the first conference on artificial intelligence was held at Dartmouth. So if we want to talk about the how long this term and how long all of this has been happening, it's been happening for some time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to more current times, you have the Roomba, which has learned how to vacuum your room and not run over your dog. That came out in 2002. Mm -hmm. So I think framing things in context here, think about this one. This one's going to really get you. A 12-year-old kid today has never known a world without Siri. 
And the yeah. whole backbone behind Siri, which schools have been using and kids use in school, mm -hmm. is learning how to ingest human dialogue and respond in something that matches back, that actually makes sense. Those of us who were there at the beginning of Siri would tell you, Siri didn't really, wasn't all that great before. <laughs> True. And Siri has gotten better. So where I see schools taking this is you see schools showing students how, just like an encyclopedia was a starting point, mm -hmm. just like researching on the internet and Google was a starting point, AI is a great starting point for students to be able to go in. But so much so, it isn't about necessarily knowing how to function at a core level, the AI. It's in the research of knowing when the AI is telling you something that is completely fabricated. And there's more to that mm -hmm. in terms of media literacy that these students have to have in the schools. And that's the conversation we're having now is, well, the internet said so. We've had that for a long time. Sure. Well, now we have, well, the AI said so. Mm -hmm. well, what if the AI is wrong? So how are, how, how can, uh, you know, teachers and students who really embrace this and not only help them support some of the learning that they do, but also uh, how can they kind of integrate that and help it support some of their learning? Well, truly, where I think this is going to be massively transformative and it's already starting down this trail is it's it's democratizing education. In as much, let's say you and I spoke different languages. Well, right. previously, we would have had to have someone who was a paid consultant to come in and translate. Mm -hmm. Now we have AI tools that are really good at live translating. And instead of me having to have that extra person, now we have a way to make it smoother for that child. And where previous language translation things, thank you, Google Translate, weren't the greatest, the live translation is doing better and learning how to do things in context. So that I think is going to be a massive impact on the classroom. The secondary piece of this too is AI is going to replace some of those menial skills that you can train a computer to do mm. for you and give you more time to actually have that one-on-one -on -one with a student in an impactful way. And it's something that can also probably help administration with a lot of those tasks and some of the, that stuff as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, we joke that the one thing that administrators are great at is pushing paper and we push a lot of paper. And now hopefully we'll be able to train the AI to push that paper for us, though we will still have to review it and make sure it's good and solid information that's being taken on there. So then what is what's on the horizon? Because as you said, it's ever changing and, and growing and, and getting better and getting smarter and all that stuff with new versions and that. So I guess as we look ahead to even, you know, a few years from now or even a few months, what's what's something to be on the the, the on the lookout for? You know, honestly, I think that the next time you contact Help Desk for anywhere, expect that you're not actually talking to a human. Um, that has already started to show up where when you talk and it has conversation back with you, that may not actually be a human being on the other end, which isn't necessarily a terrible thing because that's going to make it for those people to have more opportunity to do bigger, greater things and be solving deeper problems. Um, I think also in schools, you're going to see the teacher, like our student management systems, the parent will be able to just query, send a text message to the data system and say, hey, is my kid showing up in class and mm -hmm. is are they performing at such and such grade level? Yeah. And 
that'll it'll just text you right back. Oh, well, thank you for contacting us, Mrs. Smith. Well, of course, your student was here, didn't come on this day, and sure. has a C in all of these, or A, B, whatever, in all those different classes. So we're talking uh, always learning with our friends from Barry and Risa. John Phillips is uh, telling us about uh, everything that's going on with AI and ChatGPT and all this stuff. Okay, so, I mean, of course, a lot of people and students may be embracing it, but what do you say to people that are a little afraid and a little skittish about this whole thing and you know because i think of things like uh you know reports and things like that and letting it generate a, a whole bunch of stuff like you know what do you do when it comes to like cheating or you know copyright issues and things like that you know that's one for the courts um unfortunately i hate to say it but in the in the reality of the world we're going to have to let that vet its way through the legal system of our our country sure into how that's going to play um, there is some precedent to say that AI generated items, so long as they were independently generated by the machine, are not covered by copyright. Okay, interesting. But that is still, again, it's super gray, and I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I did not play one on TV and uh, try to stay out of those conversations. I leave things like that to Eric. So, John, are there uh, is there training that's offered to say the school employees, teachers, and things uh, about AI and how to really use it and implement it in the classroom? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my partner Amy and I we've been doing a ton of research on AI. Uh, there's actually an AI conference for Michigan educators coming up here soon. Um, but you know, it's here's where I here's what I like to boil it down to. It's a buzzword of the moment, given mm -hmm. that this language has existed since 1955. What's the next buzzword? We don't know. Sure. But is it merited for us to be looking at tools that are using this? For sure. Is it merited for us to be cautious? Also for sure. Because data privacy in today's world of big data is a massive, massive concern. And we have to be very diligent. And when we do any sessions on AI, we are looking at those user agreements to see Who's getting what data? What are they doing with it? And how are we keeping kids safe? Mm -hmm. And I think while the flashiest new tool might be awesome, it also needs to be vetted sure. in order before we start putting student data in there. Uh, Eric, anything you'd like to add? Well, you can see why when I stop by to talk with John, it always is a longer <laughs> conversation than 30 seconds. Sure. It, th this, this topic and others, and it, they are fascinating. Mm -hmm. They do have real potential uh, to advance education, particularly it is a way of keeping kids at high cognitive thinking that might have reading problems, might have math problems. And this is a way of bridging some of that gap. So there is so much potential. But on the other side, there are some things that really need to be thought through. And we're really working to do that. But uh, John and others are working on that mm -hmm. in our organization. And if you want to find out more, you can always barryandresa.org or info at barryandresa.org and we'll get it to the right person to respond to you. And uh, you're supporting a lot of these uh, educators in our community with a lot of this stuff, like John said, about sessions and training and all that. That that stuff, a lot of that can be found at your website as well, right? Yep. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for this chat. Honestly, we could uh, talk about this for, for hours upon hours, but uh, look forward to maybe chatting with you more on it in the future uh, because, well, uh, things, as you said, everything's ever changing. So we may have more updates and more things to talk about in the future. But thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today. Well, thank you for the time, Johnny. I appreciate it. And Eric, as always, thank you so much for being a part of this and uh, looking forward to chatting with you next week. Our pleasure. See you next week.